I am Dr. Sam Gardner. I'm the acting director of WWF Scotland. So WWF recognised climate change as perhaps the biggest, not perhaps certainly the biggest long-term threat to nature and the ability of us to live and thrive with nature in the future. We know from extensive research that species are impacted on by nature. Just recently, in the beginning of uh, 2018, we published some new leading research that showed that in the most precious places in the world, whether that be the Amazon or the Galapagos or Africa or Australia, if we continue to emit greenhouse gases at the same rate as we're doing today, up to 50% of those species in those places will become extinct. And that's within the lifetime of my children. So they could be growing up in a place where African elephants no longer exist, not just because of the uh, pressures from poaching, which are real, but actually because of the water shortages that will come about as a consequence of climate change. Or we could be looking at a situation where some of our most amazing turtle species are changed because they have this, um, the, the, obviously turtles lay their eggs in the sand, and the temperature of that sand determines whether or not those eggs are male or female. And as the sand gets warmer and warmer as a consequence of climate change, we're getting less and less male turtles. So WWF is working at the moment in some beaches around the world to try and create shades by putting up tarpaulins and such to kind of cool that beach. That's not a long-term strategy to tackle climate change. So we as WWF in Scotland and across the world have worked very, very hard to try and ensure that governments take action to cut climate change that they put in place the, the long-term policies that mean that we are no longer dependent on fossil fuels, but instead have thriving, productive economies which are powered by renewable energy. So we know climate change is a global phenomenon, and we can see some real destructive impacts happening now. We've just seen the most destructive hurricane season on record go through the Caribbean. Um, we've just had the warmest Arctic winter on record, and we've, 2017 was the second warmest year on record. But climate change is happening here in Scotland as well. It's, we can't look at it as something that's happening far away. We know the impacts are happening here. We've all seen flooding. We've seen the destructive storms that have hit the west coast of Scotland. Scotland's wildlife that is, is vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. We have species in Scotland who are, uh, that fit within Scotland's climatic envelope and fit within the environment that we have in Scotland. We, can, we know that climate change will change that environment. We already know that we'll get wetter summers, we'll get milder winters, but we'll get more storms, which are more destructive. Those storms can certainly impact on the breeding success of, of birds. But if we have wet springs, which we have been having, that can impact an awful lot on uh, particularly our moorland birds, but also species like the capercaillie and the black grouse. But Scotland also has some unique environments like the alpine environment or the Arctic environment of the Cairngorms where species there are at the very limit of their, their range. When we see climate change changing that environment and push, they have nowhere to go. They don't have the opportunity to disperse into new environments that continue to kind of provide them with what they need. So there are environments in Scotland that are at the very limit of some of those species range and climate change will render them no longer viable. So we sometimes think of climate change as something that's happening far off and, and far away and it will impact on Africa or animals in the Amazon, but actually there is nowhere that's protected from the impacts of climate change. Scotland has a, an incredibly diverse and beautiful uh, environment. It's one that's changed over generation and over millennia, but right now it's changing as a consequence of what we're doing to it. It's changing at a rate that species, be they birds or plants, 
or, or animals are not able to keep pace with. And there's a very real risk that what we see is climate change impacting on those things that we hold so precious in Scotland. So it's understandable that perhaps when faced with the enormity of climate change, that people feel unable to kind of take an action that will be of significance. But actually, if we all respond in as many ways as we possibly can, that collective effort is both a signal of real intent, a signal of public support for greater action on climate change, but it's also a meaningful change in itself. And so whether that be thinking about whether or not you need to use your car, transport emissions in Scotland are the highest source of emissions of any sector in Scotland, whether that be energy or land use or anywhere else, transport emissions are a really big issue. So if we can challenge ourselves to break habits of not always getting in the car for that one mile drive, then that's, that's the type of step we should be taking. Similarly, if we can try and vary our diet so that we have more plant-based foods on our plate and reduce our intake of, of meat because, again, land use and farming is a big source of greenhouse gas emissions. So little changes like these, making sure that we, where we can, we've insulated our properties. So Scotland has some housing stock that could really, that really needs uh, insulate. Otherwise, we're effectively warming the air outside our homes. So there's a, there are opportunities for all of us to take little steps, um, take bigger steps as well. If you have the means and you're thinking about changing your car, why not look at buying an electric vehicle? They're becoming ever more popular, ever more present. And by 2030, Scotland will no longer have petrol and diesel cars. So there are new technologies coming available increasingly. The cost of some of them are coming down quite steeply. But we also need governments and companies to support individuals in taking those steps. It's important that the Scottish Government and the members of the Scottish Parliament show leadership by putting in place the incentives and the, the regulations that encourage low carbon behaviour and disincentivize those things that cause that contribute to climate change. We've seen a really strong climate change act from the Scottish Parliament in 2009. We know there's going to be another one over the course of this summer where the Scottish Government is committed to implementing the Paris Agreement, which was the UN deal that signalled a collective uh, global effort to tackle climate change. This is really welcome. WWF will be working with lots of other charities across Scotland to try and ensure that that's a really strong piece of legislation that shows the rest of the world that we can and will take action to end our contribution to climate change.